Good morning. We're so glad that you're here this morning. <clears throat> it's going to look a little different on the stage this morning. And um, I have a story to tell you. Um, and a story of why I need to be with the body of believers today. Um, my husband and I had this great opportunity to go down to um, Santa Barbara. We were invited to go to a 25th wedding anniversary for someone that we had witnessed to years ago in our early 20s. And a few years after that, um, this gentleman became a believer. He, um, he shared the gospel with his wife. She became a believer. They raised their children up in the Lord, and they were celebrating their 25th anniversary, and we were asked to go and celebrate and sing, and we were so excited. But the enemy is always lurking, and he's always lurking to steal the joy of, of his children. And on the way back home, um, we get a call from our 17-year-old son. Three armed Robbers came into our house, pushed him to the side, ransacked our house. And we had a four-hour drive to get home. And yet, God is so good. And because I've been working on the Christmas musical, all of the songs of who Jesus is, why he came, that he will reign forevermore, those were the words that were going through my mind as I was trying to sleep last night. And my husband today is with our 17-year-old boy helping him process what happened. And so I am here filling in for his place. And I'm probably going to cry the entire time. So you guys just keep on singing. <laughs> so let's stand and let's pray together. Lord, we want you to be glorified here today. Our safety is in you. Our peace is in you. What life throws at us, it's heavy. And your word says that in, in this world, we will have troubles. But not to fear because you have conquered. You have conquered sin, Lord. You reign over all. And we are here as a family to praise your name. In your holy, precious name, amen. Let's sing God So Loved.
our, our fearless leader. We have a key change here, and, and so we're just going to sing it a cappella. I am blessed because we are blessed. You are so good. This is a true sentiment that we're singing. You are a good and gracious and wonderful God at all times. And we love you. Father, we thank you for bringing us together this morning. We, we thank you that you are here in our midst. You're inside each of us who know you by faith. And you're among us collectively as a family. And Father, we thank you for your strength. We thank you that everything the Psalms affirm about you is true. You're a fortress. You're a citadel. You're a strong tower. And Lord, we lift up our dear friends, Catherine and John, to you right now. We are so sorry for the trauma they've experienced. Uh, we are really sorry. And we pray that you would give them the deepest of all senses of your presence with them, your commitment to them, the way you're guarding them. We lift up Jared to you right now. We, we pray that you would draw near him in a way maybe he's never experienced in his 17 years and give him a sense that he's safe because you are his heavenly father and you're powerful and you're in control. Just help John as he secures his family and figures out wise next steps. Father, many of us are feeling sorrow this morning over what's happening in Israel, the Gaza Strip, and our minds are, have images that are haunting us. Images of broken people and broken buildings and broken hearts. And words fail us. And so we'll pray the words that you gave us. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in Israel and Gaza as it is in heaven. Father, we're yours. We're here to honor you. We're here to receive your instruction in the way of flourishing. So move by your spirit. Help us to listen. Open our hearts wide so we can take in what you're going to say. Speak through Pastor Wayne as you always do. 
and through his message, make us more able to know your voice and do your will as we will have opportunities this week. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Good morning. I'm Pastor Dan. Really good to see every single one of you this morning. I got some announcements for you. Before I get to them, just a few little business items. First of all, uh, parents, uh, if you're new and you have kids nursery through kindergarten, if you would like to, uh, you can get up at this time, uh, head out the back and check those kids into uh, kids church if that's something you would like to do. Secondly, bulletins. They look just like this. They're really going to be helpful this morning. They've got more details about the events that I'm going to be talking about in this announcement time. And they also have uh, message notes on the inside so you can follow along Pastor Wayne's message uh, a little more closely. Uh, if you need one, raise your hand and somebody will be happy to bring one to you. All right, just looking back, we had a big week again uh, in the life of the church. Actually, this is something from a couple of Saturdays back. A couple of Saturdays back, a group of hillsiders who, who love our mission, which is to be light in the world, or to put it a little more simply, to help all people know and follow Jesus, uh, participated in a freedom walk. And the, the point of this walk in Oakland is to celebrate God's work in delivering people from trafficking and to pray for his additional help in eliminating this scourge in the East Bay. And Jenny LaSalle, who's a hillside leader, who's involved in our anti-trafficking team, uh, shared with Pastor Wayne and me that it was an event of just tremendous joy as a lot of people from, I think it was 13 different churches, got together, prayed, encouraged each other, demonstrated uh, in their unity that there's a new king on the throne. And then they walked the streets of Oakland shouting, love never fails. No, love never fails, sorry. <laughs> love never fails, all together. And uh, it was a beautiful event. And uh, we want to thank Jenny and the anti-trafficking team for their leadership in uh, this be light in the world kind of work. And then yesterday, something really fun on the church campus here downstairs, we had a men's breakfast. It was put on by Jack LaSalle and his men's ministry team. It was a really excellent event. You were there, Chris. Uh, did you eat a lot of bacon? Yes, you did, although I doubt as much as Stephen Weissong and I did, actually. We really went to town on the bacon. Even the bacon was bacon-wrapped. There was so much bacon uh, at the breakfast. But it was really great. Abundant food, delicious food, just an incredible spirit as the men of Hillside connected together. Felt different to me. All of our men's uh, events are, are rich, but there was something different about this one. I don't know if it was the new uh, former OTC men <laughs> there, but man, we're, we're, it was better. It was better. It was great. And uh, then we had a really inspiring message by a guy named Nick Harris, who is the principal of Berean Christian School, really outstanding leader. He's a friend of our church, used to be a member here. Uh, for good reasons, he had to become a member of another church because he's serving at a Baptist school. And, uh, but he loves our church, and he really encouraged us. God's spirit moved as Nick talked, and uh, it was tremendous. And during the, um, during the event, Jack talked to us about a big men's ministry event that's coming up in early February. I think it's uh, February 2nd through the 4th. The men of Hillside, the men of New Hillside are going on retreat together. And we have big plans for this retreat. We have, we have outstanding guest speaker 
and we're going to gather together. We're going to deepen our relationships with each other, and we're going to consider together the good work God is calling us to do as men at New Hillside in this season. So right now, men, if you would put February 2nd through 4th on your calendars, and you would plan to be there. I mean, just by showing up, you will advance our mission, and I invite you to join us for that. All right, looking ahead. Next year, early part of next year, we are going as a church to the Dominican Republic on a short-term mission trip. I'm going on that trip, and I can't wait. And I want to invite you to join with me. I know that some of you uh, in this room, even right now, are people whom God has called to go on this trip. We are a be light in the world uh, church, and the world includes the Dominican Republic. And we're going to go to the Dominican Republic. We're going to partner with our friends there. We're going to see our compassion kids. And we're going to demonstrate to the world through our friendship with our partners there that there is a new king on the throne. And he has gathered a worldwide family, all equal, all together, all working for his purposes together. That's part of what mission is. It's demonstrating the reality that there is a new king by living the reality of the worldwide family. And uh, there's going to be an information meeting about this trip right after second service downstairs. I'm going to be there, and I invite you to join and to come with me. If you have even a glimmer of interest in serving on this team as a representative of Hillside, that's going to be right after second service. Next up, Sunday, October 22nd, we're having our annual meeting. Uh, It's an important meeting. We vote on the budget. We vote on new council members. We review the year behind us. We talk about the year ahead. Uh, Only members can vote, but we invite everybody who considers Hillside their church home to join us for this uh, important event. That's Sunday, October 22nd. And then lastly, something a little lighter, maybe a little something really fun. On Sunday, October 29th, we're doing Trunk or Treat again. And what is Trunk or Treat? Pretty simple. You bring your car, you decorate the back of it, you, you, you go to Target or wherever, you buy some candy, you create a little game, and then when families from the neighborhood walk by, you let the kids earn candy by playing the little game in front of your car. It is a really, really fun event. Now, we're doing it because it's fun, but that's really not the main reason we're doing it. We are doing this in order to develop relationships with our neighbors, a lot of people around here. We've done these kind of events before. When we do them, we open up the campus to people in Park Mead. They come, and that gives us a chance to befriend them. And then, most importantly, it gives us a chance to invite them to Hillside, to come to this place so they can hear about the gospel and hear about Jesus the King. That's why we're doing Trunk or Treat. It's mission. It's really fun. It's a great celebration. But it's about being light in the world. That's why we're doing it. So if you want to join in, I encourage you to do it. You can sign up with Carly. Again, it's real simple. You decorate your car, you get a bag of candy, and you communicate love to people who come on the church campus, especially people with young kids who are dying to get out of the house uh, with their little kids. Ashley is decorating a car. I know this. And she told me that she heard through the grapevine that the fishbacks are really serious about decorating cars. And she's throwing down. She thinks her car is going to be better than your car this year. She said it to me. She said it. She didn't say it. I'm just stirring up trouble. But anyway, uh, you got some competition because she's an incredible decorator. Okay, so you better bring your A game fishbacks. All right, why don't you stand up? Uh, Time for our mixer. Here's what I want you to do. Go ahead, stand up. Here's what I want you to do. Find somebody you did not come with, and then ask this question. 
or uh, share about this. Share about a gift that you received, something that was meaningful to you, or a recent act of kindness that somebody uh, performed for you. A gift somebody gave or an act of kindness somebody extended to you recently. Take a few minutes to share that with somebody you didn't come with. Okay, let's pray as um, the, uh, the ushers come down. Lord, it is so good to be in your house. It is so good to be with your people. It is so good to sing words that remind us of who you are and where our faith lies and where our hope is found. We praise you, Father, for being good and just and compassionate. Thank you for calling us to yourself. Thank you for being set apart and different, holy, good, kind, majestic, beautiful, a savior who comforts his children and leads us beside still water. We ask for your presence here today, Lord, that you will fill us with your spirit, that the spirit of God will be alive and well in each of us, in your holy, precious name. Amen. If we could have the ushers, oh, the ushers are forward. Okay. <laughs> Let's sing together.
Living God, we thank you for coming to us. We thank you for saving us, Lord. We thank you for turning your face toward us when we were far from you, Lord God. When we were in darkness, when we were separated from you, when we were doing our own thing, um, we thank you for turning your face toward us, Lord. We thank you for doing that again this morning and every day, Lord God. You are faithful and ready right there, waiting for us to turn our face to you. So we do that this morning. We turn our heart to you, our minds to you, our focus to you, living God. You are our hope. You are our strong place. You are our refuge. Uh, you are our future. We love you. We thank you for your presence this morning. Amen. All right, go ahead and take a seat. I was so eager to get up here to share this message. All right, here we go. So Friday morning uh, this week, I woke up, uh, which is a good thing. It's a good place to start. And uh, went over to the coffee machine, got my coffee, and uh, that was good. And I had this very unnatural thought as I was brewing my espresso, I, I thought, I mean, maybe I should take a brisk walk this morning. Yeah, that would be good. Unnatural thought, not my usual thing. I looked outside and there was this pink band. It was just, you know, sun rising. And uh, I was like, okay, that would be nice, yeah. All right, let me get my coffee first. I sit down, I do my little reading over there. And, um, and I'm thinking, man, I got 100 things today. I don't have time for a brisk walk. But I just, you know, it was there again. I was like, no, go take a brisk walk. All right. So I go, I do it. I listen to this weird prompting. Uh, and I go outside and it, it's cold. And um, uh, so I got my beanie, went back outside. And I'm walking. I'm thinking, man, it's still cold. I need some gloves. I, I'm not, I'm from Las Vegas. All right. It's, I, I'm not from... The Northwest or anything. So I'm out there though, and I'm and again I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the things I need to do. And then I look up ahead of me, and there's this beautiful patch of green. There's a palm tree, there's an olive tree, there's a pine tree, there's these bushes of various sorts, like, oh, that's that's remarkable. It's on my street. I've never noticed you before. All right, so I'm, I'm turning my eyes up and then I'm, I'm walking up the hill and I notice the blue sky and it's just like deep blue at that time. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is good. I'm feeling awake, right? And, and I get on this little dirt path and I'm walking on the dirt and I'm, think, I'm thinking about the dirt and all this dirt that's here. And and I'm, I'm like, I'm realizing, you know, I'm walking on this gigantic ball called Earth. And I'm just kind of, I'm, you know, it's early in the morning. So I'm feeling this and I'm seeing this dead grass, but I'm seeing this dried grass. I'm like, oh, there's so much grass and they have to till it because you know what? It's going to come back because it's so abundant because God's life is so abundant. And I'm starting to get on this theme and I'm listening to the birds and there's, there's these squawking birds and these, these beautiful trilling birds and, and it's nice. And I, I'm walking, there's an oak tree there and I, I get up on this little hill and there's some flowers up there, like these bright yellow I don't know, piercing flowers. And there's even orange poppies still somehow. It's October, what the heck? All right, so then I walk down this hill and I walk up this hill and I'm, I'm feeling my legs, like I'm just moving up this hill. I'm like, it's amazing, I'm not even, you know, how does that happen? Like glucose, I'm burning glucose, right? 
And, uh, you know, so I stop and I look out and it's just beautiful and I'm just thankful and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the generosity and abundance of God and his creation and its rich and very variability. It's beautiful and I'm just thankful. And I'm walking and, you know, I thought I was just gonna take a walk to kind of wake up, but I really was waking up, like waking up to God. It was super cool. I'm so glad I took this walk. And so I get back to the place because it is Friday, I had some things to do and thinking of his generosity. It's just kind of, just kind of low-lying thinking as I'm doing tasks. And, and, then, and then like God does, God brings it to another level. God brings it, this theme of his generosity to another level. I start thinking of Philippians 2. God, the eternal creator God, eternally Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God most high, the maker, the alpha, the omega. When the time was right, the eternal word of God took on human flesh. He chose to lower himself. Rather than holding on to this position, he, he lowered himself in generous love to become one of us, to enter into his broken creation. And then it didn't stop there. In this place, of this lowered place, he humbled himself even more, even submitting himself to death. And not just any death, but death on the cross to purchase you and me for God. His loving, sacrificial, saving generosity. It's, it's so good, it's so big, it's so broad, it's, it's almost too good to believe. Are you, wow, it reminded me of Revelation, no, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, which says, though he was rich, God most high, most glorious, yet for your sake, for my sake, he chose to become poor by becoming human, a servant, no place to lay his head, so that you and me through his poverty might become rich might come into the richness of God, the extravagant richness of God's love, his mercy, his life. Revelation 5, 9, with his blood, his generous, sacrificial, loving sacrifice, with, with his blood, he purchased for God people from every tribe and language and people and nation. He purchased us out of death, out of darkness, out of the old, out of our doomed state. And he made us, he made us now to be a kingdom, a kingdom, an eternal, unshakable kingdom, priests who get to serve our God this great, remarkable, extravagant God. And we will reign on the earth, the new earth, with him. Whoo, amazing, superabundant, extravagant generosity of God. God is generous, generous beyond measure. It's easy to forget. It's easy to forget. And but his generosity doesn't stop there. Like, is it limitless? I don't know, maybe. He keeps on going. He keeps on loving you and me. He makes us his kingdom and priests. And then he sets us on the path of flourishing. He doesn't just save us and say, all right, I'll see you in a few years. He says, I call, he patiently, patiently, right? Calls us his stubborn, saved 
sons and daughters, to follow him, to trust him, to come into more life here on earth. Even before we get to heaven, before we get to the new heavens and new earth, he calls us onto this path of flourishing. He's active, busy, you know, persistent at helping you and me get rid of those old patterns of living, calling us off that old pattern of scarcity mindset, of worldly thinking about our stuff, our possessions. He calls us off of that anxiety, striving, comparison, clutching, envious comparison path of the world that we grew up in, that we were programmed with, and calls us onto the path of confident trust in his grace, in his generosity, that we have a good, loving father. He calls us into that place, and he calls us into a place of generosity, the path of generosity. He wants you and me to become generous like him, extravagant givers because in a sense we are now that we're dialed into connected to united to the eternal limitless god we have limitless resources as well because we're in him we're part of his family god's our father we're part of his kingdom and we're his priests and he wants us to be abundant and generous and free giving whoo so here we go let's get into Jesus' teaching about this some key themes here. The superabundant generosity of God. And now he calls us onto this path of flourishing. That's the path of generosity. That's the path of confident trust in the provision of our loving God and Father. Here we go. Let's go into Jesus' words. Let's listen to what he says. Matthew six nineteen. now. Listen to what he tells us. His followers, his, his brothers and sisters, the ones he saved, he says, now... Now that you're in Christ, now that you're in my kingdom, now that you're part of the new creation, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Don't do it. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves literally break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, right? In the eternal kingdom, the unshakable kingdom where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not and cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. New direction for us. Out of the direction of the world, the path of the world, onto the, the path of life, because we're new, this new path. Don't store up, collect, gather, pile up treasures, resources, possessions, collections, money for use here on earth. Why not? Because it's temporary. It's temporary, subject to decay, theft, loss, destruction. It's not a question of if you will lose that stuff, but when you will lose that stuff. They'll be lost, gone, missed. In other words, do not store up for yourselves treasures on here on earth because, listen, it is a bad investment. It is a poor investment. Bad returns, diminishing returns. Don't pour your heart, soul, mind, strength into earthly things that do not last. Instead, brothers and sisters, I'm preaching to myself too because, wow, this is, this is radical. Remember who you are now. 
Let us remember who we are now. We are in God, we're part of his kingdom. We are everlasting. Jesus bought you and me access to the tree of life. It will never run out. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a kingdom of priests of God. You are heaven bound. So let's stop focusing on and trying to build our kingdoms, our homes here on earth. It's passing away. It's, it's drifting. It's fleeting. It's sand. We're, we're, when we're building our life on this earth for this short time, we are building on sand and it will crumble. Heaven, then the new earth, that's eternal. So let's move, let's, let's grow in investing in the eternal stuff, the stuff that'll last. Jesus wants us to make a good investment with our life, our heart, our energy, our resources, our sacrifices, our affections. All right, here it is, fill in, make it really clear. Fill in number one, don't invest in this sinking world. Invest in God's everlasting kingdom. I mean, he doesn't even modulate it a little bit. It's very stark, isn't it? Do not do that. Do this. Let's not soften it, right? Because here it says, where your treasure is, wherever you're storing up treasure, where's your treasure? That's where your heart is. Is your heart attached to the earth, still in this fleeting, fallen world? Or is it attached to God and his kingdom? in the life that he's brought us into. In other words, where's your heart? Is it here? Is it there? Um, I wish I had a meter, like I could like say, okay, Jesus, where are my treasures? You know, do I have more treasures stored up here or in heaven? I want a treasure meter. Someone work on that. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, okay, you know, you got, we, some of us have retirement accounts. We're like, okay, we're seeing where that is, okay. But what's, what's our eternal treasure account? Now listen, he's not telling you me to condemn us. He's not telling us this to condemn us, to make us feel bad. He's calling us into this because he wants us to be alive, to be free, to enjoy the blessing of confidently trusting God, our maker, and giving generously, to experience the joy of giving generously and seeing God work through you and me, his kingdom, his priests. It's an opportunity. So let's, let's ask him before we get too far. Let's ask him, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and search us and show us. You probably already have been. Where am I investing too much in this world? Where am I giving this world too much of my affection, my attention, my, my blood and sweat? Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Where am I too far in on this short, temporary, earthly life? And then Jesus, as we continue, please, what ways, in what ways am, am I holding back from investing more in heaven? Where are you calling me to invest more in heaven, in God's kingdom, the work you have for us as kingdom and priests? Show us, light that up for us, Lord God. Help us see it clearly and not turn away from it. 
One thing God reminded uh, me of during this time was, uh, about for the past five years, we've had this uh, Toyota Sienna, 2004 Toyota Sienna. We debate whether it's gold-colored or beige or some vague thing in between, some miraculous Toyota color they've come up with. And part of the problem is it's been out in the sun a lot, so the, the paint is kind of fading. Uh, and then it gets, sometimes it gets really hot, so we open the sliding doors. We don't push a button. We manually slide these doors. It's the base model, right? <laughs> and uh, the, the seal will come out because the glue can't hold it because it gets so hot. It's, it's a bit of a hoopty car. It's, 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 it's not that great. Um, but it's reliable. It does the job, right? And it's been with us for such a long time. But for the past five years at different times, we've been like, man, we got to sell this thing. Sometimes it's Becky. She's like, dude, I'm done. Let's get a new car. And, uh, and I'll be like, yeah, but we, I mean, it's only got you know, 90,000 miles on it. It really has low miles. It's pretty impressive. And uh, we just got new tire. You know, so I'm kind of, and then sometimes it's flipped. I'm like, man, I'm sick of this thing. Uh, can we move on? And she's like, okay, let's, let's think about this prayer. About it. And she's like, no, I'm, it's good. I, I kind of like it. So five years of this. All right. And during that five years, occasionally, I would see that tithe check go out. You know, I'm the finance guy. I check the, the bank statements and stuff. I'm like, that's, man, if we cut that in half, that's a, that's a new car. Like, that's a, we could, we could make some lease payments, you know? Well, occasionally, that would, I would note that, Right? But Jesus was like, no, man, that's a bad investment, Wayne. Come on. You get to invest in the kingdom of God. You get to invest in the work of God in this world. And we've prayed, Becky and I have been clear about praying about, you know, how much to give and then what to give to. We, we reevaluate that each year. And the things that God has consistently, repeatedly called us to give to are things that are getting the gospel out, helping people come into God's kingdom. Because those are the treasures that we store in heaven. Those are the things that last. I didn't really lift up this question yet, but what are those treasures? Those treasures we store in heaven, what are they? You know, we get crowns, we, we hear these things. It's, is it metaphor? Is it real? We're gonna wear a bunch of crowns? I don't know. But I, th- but I think these two things we can be confident of. Treasure number one, coming into the full presence of God, right? Woo, God's the greatest treasure. Like we get to be in the full presence of God. That's coming. That's on our way. It's either a heartbeat away or it's when Jesus comes in, right? We're close to that. So that's right around the corner. That is a great treasure. And part of that too is I think this, this phrase, this, you know, the talents parable, the phrase that could potentially uh, ring in our ears. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Nice job. You were in, you didn't, you didn't stash those possessions, those resources that I gave you away under a napkin or, you know, tidied away over here. You put it in. You pushed the chips in. You went in. You invested in God's good kingdom. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's a treasure. Man, that would be a good day. The other treasure is, it's us. We're his treasure. Whoever you helped in some very fleeting, you know, three steps away, um, whoever you helped get into that kingdom of God, that's a treasure. 
Whatever you participate, maybe it's a, we, all of us, maybe you don't know this, we invest in two missionaries in India, these two Indian guys. And it doesn't take much to support them. And they are out in parts of the world reaching people that you and I will never see, would never be able to talk to because there's so many different languages and we would never be able to effectively reach. They're doing it because we're sending some money to them. That is a good investment. I think that's like our secret like killer fund. Like that's going to be the one at the end of the days where we'll be like that. Man, look at the return on that. Kidding me? God wants us to be good investors, helping people come into this kingdom. So God kind of helped us for those five years. Now there's a second part to that story, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so those are the two treasures, at least. Maybe there's more, um, but here's the deal. Here's the opportunity. If you want to invest more in God's kingdom, if you want to move further into that, out of the old way, scarcity mindset, got to clutch, got to hold it tight to this generous new way of investing abundantly in God's kingdom, then Jesus has three more things for us today. Here's the how to invest in heaven. Here's how to get there. Jesus says, verse 22, he says to us, listen, the eye, your eye, is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, and I'm going to unpack that word real quick, healthy, haplus, single, it actually means single, thus metaphorically whole, healthy, and then in Jewish thought, generous. All right, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. That's a good thing. But if your eye is bad, like literally evil, evil eye, thus greedy, stingy, envious, that's what it means in Jewish thought, then your whole body will be full of darkness. That's bad. And if the light in you is in darkness, man, how great is that darkness? Eye is the lamp. The eye is a lamp and a lamp shines on something. The eye is a lamp is meaning what are you setting your eye upon? What are you looking on? What is, your, what is the object of your focus? Is it things of the earth? The things that we can see? Or is it the unseen, eternal things? What do you set your sight on is also, flip it a little bit, is a window into your heart. It shows, it reveals what's going on in your heart. If you have an evil, stingy, generous, or evil, stingy, envious eye, uh, it reveals something about your heart. You know, I still have that old, crusty part of my heart that's not generous, that's stingy, that's envious. God wants to have his good heart, a, a heart set on his kingdom, a heart that's generous. Jesus is asking you and me in this passage, what are you setting your eyes on? What is your focus? What is your heart like? It's challenging stuff. What, what are you longing after? And I had this moment, we had a, a concert Friday, and I, uh, was, I pulled into the, the place, I got a good parking spot, and I walked by, and, and I'm, I grew up like liking cars, and you know, I just, I noticed cars. There's a car theme today, apparently. Um, and there's some nice cars there. There's like this gray Porsche. I was like, dang, that's cool. And, you know, and then, you know, 
just kind of old insecurity kind of comes in, like, man, stuff, people have nice stuff here. And, you know, and I'm walking on the campus of this, this other church, and they have a nice sanctuary. Ours is fantastic, man. We used to meet in the park. So it's fantastic. <laughs> but I still had a little, a little building envy, like, wow, look at that. That's cool. I'm looking around. I'm noticing, you know, this isn't all I'm doing. But, you know, along the time, my eyes noticing people, how they look, how they dress. You know, there's this, there's this old Wayne-eyed way of being, focusing on the externals, the things that don't matter. And thankfully, Jesus is in the mix. I know, you know, I'm looking at human souls, you know, under that wrapping, and I know that God's with me and in us and with us. Um, but that eye, it's easy to just run with that eye and that heart. God wants to get us out of that. God, number one, wants you and me, it's your first Next fill-in, keep your eye and heart generous. Guard your heart, guard your eyes. Be aware of what you're looking at, what you're fixated on, what you're thinking. You know, what's going on in your heart? Envy, comparison, competitiveness. You know, that old way of scarcity they have, which means I don't. You know, it, we, we're all susceptible, right? Anybody else? Hopefully, all right. I mean, hopefully not, actually, yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a good time to, to confess, Lord, yeah, I've been looking with envy upon dot, dot, dot. Um, we got to watch envy. Well, that's the old way. I've been greedily focused on, kind of fixated on this new thing, this thing I want. And it, yeah, it is earthly. I, I mean, is that a good investment? You know, what is that? You know, I've been holding back. I've been clutching on to this thing, Lord, instead of letting go. And yeah, I'm realizing this is just taking too much of my time and attention, Lord. God wants to free you and me up. Just own it, name it, be aware of it. That's step one on how to invest in heaven. What's your eye and heart focused on? Jesus continues, verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. You can't. For either he'll hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So great. Jesus knows what we will try to do. We will hedge. We will try to serve these two masters. Right? We will, we will try to say, yeah, God is priority. He's number one. I just sang about it. Lord, you're number one. I love you. And man, money's really important. My possessions are really sacred to me, right? He know, well, I can do both. Jesus, I can serve both these, these gods, these lords, these masters. I can do that both. Jesus is like, no, you can't. You can't. And here's the reason why. They are leading you. These two masters are leading you different directions. And it will split you. Jesus is leading you and calling you and me on the path of flourishing, the path of generosity, the path of confident trust in our loving God and Father to be abundant givers, distributors, priests, channels of God's grace and love and blessing in the world, which means we let go of the things that he gives us as he leads us by his spirit freely, not under compulsion, but cheerfully. That's one direction. The other direction is money is like, man, that's pretty good. You need more. There's never enough possessions. You buy something, a few months later, for maybe some of you years later, it's like, this is, what is this? 
That, that 2004 Toyota Sienna was pretty awesome at one point in time. That was an upgrade for us. Before it became our dog. <laughs> two masters lead in two different directions. You have to choose. Remember the rich young ruler. Wow, what a story. I hope he turned it around at the end. But this guy comes to Jesus. He knows Jesus has eternal life. He knows he's the way. He knows something's there. He know, And Jesus says, yeah, um, if you want eternal life, sell everything, come follow me. Sell it all. That's what this rich young ruler needed to do. He needed to let go of all of it. He, he couldn't half it. He knew this guy's heart. Sell it all. Come follow me. And the guy went away sad. He chose that master, that poor master of possessions, instead of walking with Jesus through the lows and the highs. He missed out. And then there's Zacchaeus, wee little Zacchaeus, right? Climbing up that sycamore tree to see Jesus. He was watching Jesus. He had set his eyes on Jesus. Something in his heart was drawn to Jesus. He was watching him. And Jesus knew this. And Jesus says, get down from that tree, Zacchaeus. I must stay at your home. Isn't that great? I'm staying at your place. He scurries down and he says this great thing. Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, which I have, I will pay back four times the amount. Isn't that great? Zacchaeus repents. He goes all in with Jesus. Who's your master, brothers and sisters? Who is your master, God or your money, your possessions? Who or what do you serve, God or your things, possessions, money? What's on top of your priority list? Here's what Jesus wants it to be. What's number one? Come on. God, yes. Let God be master of it all. God, number one. Then spouse and family, that's super important, right? Don't mess that up, right? Then ministry, then wor your work, stuff like that. God's number one. Possessions are down here somewhere. Yeah, it's easy to let those other ones creep up. The way of flourishing, the path to more and more life, God number one. God number one, this is, this is the opportunity. Fill in number two. Choose to let God, your loving Savior, your future, be the master of everything you have. Let him be the master of everything you have. Everything. Give him all of it. He's a better master than you. He's a better money manager than you. He will invest in things that last. He will put it in good stuff. If you let him. And if we don't let him be the master, what are we saying? We're saying, God, no, I can do a better job. I got this one. I'm pretty good at this. I was like, are you really? You're better than me at this? Maybe you're better at storing up treasures on earth. Let's store up some treasures in heaven. That's number two. Let's get concrete here. I'm gonna get focused here. How much is Jesus calling you, you, to give away each month? Financially. Your money I'm talking about. How much is he calling you to give away each month? I got a little nervous asking that. I got nervous asking myself that. I get nervous every year we ask this question, me and Becky, how much Lord? And the nervousness is my old self. 
my old untrusting self, the clutching Wayne. I want to get to a point someday where we ask that question, Becky and I ask that question, I'm like, God, how much can we give away? Not how much, not how much are we supposed to give away? You know, how much? Don't take too much. No, how much can we give away and still pay for kids' college, the things that you've also called us to do? How much, God? You set the number. I'm going to trust you. We're going to trust you. We want to invest in the eternal things. So let's go. Get specific. I would encourage you strongly because, you know, your left hand, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. The reason, the way we do that is just, man, I would say, do, evaluate this once a year. Don't evaluate this every month, every three months. Evaluate this once a year. Lord Jesus, you're master of everything I have because everything I have comes from you. How much? What percent? What percent? Give me percent. All, whatever income I give, what percent goes out? All right, and then to what are you calling me to give it? Because you know what's really going to bring a return on investment in God's kingdom. All right, for us, it's always been our church and then anything above that to compassion because they help kids, faraway places, come to know Jesus, that's number one, and get out of poverty. It's awesome. We have opportunity to do this. This is good. How much, Jesus? How much do you want? How much can I give away? All right, so, so hold on to that. Do that. If you haven't done that for a while, do it. It's opportunity for you. Last part is Jesus knows at this point, there's going to be a little part of you or maybe a little later today, it's going to be a little twitchy, a little nervous, a little anxious. So Jesus goes right into this, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious. Don't fall into that old trap. What you'll eat, what you'll drink, your body, what you'll put on. God, I'll be poor. I don't know how, you know, you know, that guy. And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span anyway, all right? Anxiety is foolishness. Just don't go there, all right? Verse 28, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, the grass on the dirt path, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Lord, increase our faith. Help us, Lord. Help us lean into this more. Therefore, do not be anxious, brothers and sisters, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What will we do? What about retirement? What about this? What shall we wear? For the, here's the deal. The Gentiles seek after all those things. Jesus is offensive there. I love it. The Gentiles seek after all those things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Those lost Gentiles, those people are still outside of the kingdom of God. Those people are still operating by the, the pattern of this world. That's how they live. Verse 33, not you and me anymore, but instead you and me, brothers and sisters, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Put God first. Put his kingdom first. Put the right path first. Put this path of flourishing first and watch. God will provide. He does it. Anybody, amen, have you seen that? Yes. Have you, yeah. You put God first, his kingdom first. You make that hard choice. You push the chips out. I'm from Vegas. Push the chips out into God's kingdom level. He shows up. He did it with this. Uh, let's capture this. Fill in number three. Stop anxiously chasing after things you need like lost Gentiles. It's not who we are anymore. We're the people of God. 
Start trusting your good, loving Father. Trust Him. He's the one telling us this. And chased after after His kingdom and His righteousness like beloved sons and daughters. That's who we are. And then you'll see God's move, God move. So back to the Sienna. It's been five years. It's kind of, you know, once in a while looking at it. And uh, we got to this point where we're both feeling like, yeah, it's time. It's time to get rid of this thing. It's time to move on. Prayed about it. Felt like, yeah, release, start looking. So we start looking and we find this uh, model year, I think it's like 2016 to 19, something like that. And we're like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. That's really good. That'd be great. That's a great upgrade. And, uh, and then we started to see this, you know, 2020 to 2021 version. It's even better. And we're like, oh, that'd be super nice. And we're like, yeah, but that's not real. That's not a, you know, come on, you know. And I wasn't even preaching on this yet. And I was thinking... But it was cool. It was cool. We were just at that point of deciding and looking, you know, which way to go. We got a check. Totally unexpected. A gift for the exact amount of the model, the car that we were looking for. The exact amount. No kidding. I just laughed. I'm like, are you kidding me, God? That is so, that's so you. That's so awesome. I love that. I show Becky. She said, oh my gosh. It's so great. God's good. He wants to provide for you at the right time what you need, when you need it. He wants us to be generous investors in his kingdom for our good and the good of his world in his kingdom. Let's do that. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, Thank you, God, for calling us out of the old. Oh, Lord, thank you for saving us from that scarcity mindset. I'm on my own. And truly, we were on our own, God. We had to figure it out on our own because we were on our own. But thank you, God, um, when we were without you, without hope, you, you turned your face toward us. You called us in. And Jesus, we don't want to just stay, stay in the, the foyer. We want to go all in with you, Lord. We want to get on this path. Help us, Lord. Show us this week. Show us the specific thing that you are telling us to let go of and take hold of for our good and your kingdom. Amen.
And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you to strengthen you and me to live out this new path. Be generous givers, confident trusters in God's great goodness and provision. Amen? Amen. All right. If you'd like some prayer, come on up and get that. And uh, if you're, you're here this morning, you're kind of feeling like outside this thing, Jesus is calling you in. So come talk to me this morning. Come on up here. Have a great week.